Hi, and welcome to the Just Dogs with Sherry podcast. I'm Sherry, and today I'm going to talk about association, um, better known as classical conditioning. But typically when we talk about classical conditioning, it's something that we are attempting to do with our dogs. Um, association can happen purely by accident, or we can use classical conditioning to create an association for our dogs. Much of what our dogs learn about their life, their human world that they're going to have to live in, is through association. And that's how dogs learn the fastest. It is extremely interesting to see the association and what dogs learn through association, a lot of times accidentally, like I said. Um, You know, if we aren't careful, we can teach our dogs the wrong things just by creating an association. Now there's lots of things in our dog's lives if you look at and I'm sure that you you know never considered that association had a great deal to to do with our dog's behaviors. Often I am called in to help canine guardians to fix a problem that they're having and it could have been something that just the dog is displaying or it could be an accidental association that was created by the guardians and they don't even know that they did it. Now a good example of that is when we're trying to house train our dogs a lot of people will let their dog go outside and when they finish doing their business they come running back in the house go in the kitchen and they get a reward. Now, what happens is the dog is being rewarded for coming in the house. And a lot of people tell me that, you know, they have to continue this because their dog will not leave the kitchen until they get the reward. So what we need to do is actually reward them outside as soon as the last drop falls, whether it's pee or poop, um, and that way they're being rewarded for that. And then we quickly replace that, you know, once once you're really solidly house trained and um, maybe you wait for a couple of more months of rewarding that behavior because it most definitely is great when your dog does their business outside, not in the house. And then we start replacing that with just praise for going outside. So we eliminate the step of coming into the kitchen, being rewarded for coming in the kitchen and then standing in the kitchen waiting for the reward. And what actually happens a lot as well is that the dogs run outside, don't do anything, come running back inside and expect their reward because they're being rewarded for coming in the house. They're not being rewarded for going to the bathroom outside. So that's an association that is created and there's a lot of other associations that are created um, on purpose and created by mistake. But the one that I want to talk about today is creating um, a positive association to having other dogs that live with you around. Now a lot of dogs show a behavior that resembles jealousy and um, Riggs does Uh, If I'm petting Elsa, he wants to get in there. He will physically push her out of the way to get his fair share of the affection or what he thinks he should be getting. Um, So what can happen when you have a dog that is displays jealous behaviors and you have other dogs around they can really if you don't nip it in the bud and try to create a positive association to having 
other dogs around. Um, even the dogs that live with you, they can start to display aggressive behaviors trying to keep those other dogs away. And another example of this is when you bring a new puppy home and a lot of new puppies naturally guard their food. It's a very normal behavior um, for dogs, <laughs> even for people sometimes, but it is most definitely an unwanted behavior. And so we, we need to teach that puppy or the dog that is exhibiting guarding behaviors. And guarding behaviors can be anything from, you know, the slightest frozen body posture all the way up to, you know, um, showing their teeth, growling, snapping, lunging. Um, but if we work with a puppy, as soon as we bring them into our home, when we have um, other dogs that already live in the home, then it can be very easy to turn this behavior around. Now, I like to, when I'm working with a brand new puppy in a home where there's other dogs, or even in my own home when I bring a new puppy into it, um, I like to assume that the puppy is going to have guarding issues or at least have that on, on their mind. Not They may not be displaying, but they may have just the slightest frozen posture when other dogs enter the room or the area when food is present. So what you want to do is create a positive association to having other dogs around. So that means there is no meals fed or cookies given, you know, free cookies um, when the other dogs aren't in attendance. Because if you do, then it just makes it worse when the other dogs are around. So, uh, so this can happen with food or toys or um, even us it, and, you know, dishing out attention. It, it can just get worse and worse unless we don't address the situation. So the, the whole food thing can really be um, kind of addressed quickly and very easily by only giving food or, you know, focusing on giving food or rewards when the other dog is present. So, so if you had a puppy that seemed bothered by, you know, another dog being in the kitchen when there was food going to be given, or even sometimes it's just, you know, if you're making dinner and they want to keep the other dog out of the kitchen. And it's a very natural thing for a puppy. Not all puppies are going to display it, but when it does happen, we need to use classical conditioning to create a positive association to having the other dog in the vicinity. And now um, another association that is very helpful when you're trying to um, do more training or do more classical conditioning to create that positive association is to use a behavior marker, which is classically conditioned. Um, they learn that either a click or a yes or an, any certain word is paired with a reward. So what you can do then is every time that uh, your other dogs come in the vicinity, you can use your behavior marker, yes, and give your puppy and your other dog uh, food. So he's learning that it's great when the other dog's around because that's when you get food. You don't get food when the other dogs are sleeping or they're outside. You get food when you are all together. And I worked very hard on this with Riggs because he is um, the kind of guy who likes to guard. He never displays aggressively, but he definitely 
wants everything for himself. He uses body language. And I wanted mealtime to be a very positive association. So now he will remain in the kitchen with me while I'm making a, a meal. And Elsa, she's, you know, going to be 10 next month. Um, she may be upstairs napping or in the living room napping. And he knows that until she comes in, he doesn't get to eat. So when she comes in, he starts dancing around and he's so excited. He'll run right up to her and kind of go, you know, give her a greeting. Hey, you're here. Good. Now we can eat. And that's what you want. You never want it to be like, oh man, if she comes in here, she's going to get my portion of the food. I'm going to have to guard. So you create through classical conditioning, the presence of the other dog means you get to now eat. And it's a good thing. You create that positive association. And dogs learn association so well, too well sometimes, that they become very, um, very stuck in routines. Okay, and um, not all dogs are like this. Elsa is not like this. Riggs is most definitely like this. And so I find that I have to switch things up a lot for him because he goes on autopilot, which is not enjoyable. Um, if I only feed the dogs after dinner, like after we eat, then the second I put my fork down, he starts. He wants me in the kitchen. He wants to eat his meal. And so I have to switch it around, changing meal times, changing what they eat out of. Sometimes they eat inside sometimes they eat outside I will often fill up a, one of their balls and give them a little bit of kibble before their meal and then they'll have a little bit of food later on so I, I'm trying to constantly change the meaning of me putting my fork down <laughs> to for rigs because it can be really annoying he gets stuck in routine very easily so if you look at your dogs day to day association is huge. We have taught our dogs that uh, getting a harness on means they're going for a walk. A lot of dogs go come unglued. They go crazy. And I've been called in many times to help people, you know, just to be able to take their dog for a walk. As soon as the leashes come out, they go crazy and they can't even get the leash on them. And, and they're basically out of control. So when that happens, you have to desensitize the item, which is another topic, another podcast, but um, it's all created through learning by association. And that's how our dogs learn. And so many problems are created by association, by us not uh, realizing that it's actually happening and our dogs are associating something that we don't want them to associate. We don't want them to learn this association. So we need to look at behaviors when things are going wrong, when things are going right, and realize where the association was and where it happened. It's, it, it can go very wrong. Like when we use our word that we want our dogs to come and we tarnish that word by bringing them to the vet when we use the word, putting them in their crate, uh, leaving them at home and going out, say you're using the word come you call your dog to come you leave the dog park or you brush them after calling them with this word it, so it starts to create a negative association to your word 
And then your dog isn't coming anymore because you have tarnished that word through association. How many times have you heard people say, I can't even believe my dog. I just put, you know, a pair of socks on in the morning and they go crazy that, you know, they think they're going for a walk. How do they know that I'm going to take them for a walk? Dogs, we don't give them enough credit. They are so intelligent that it is unbelievable. My dogs totally know the difference between socks and shoes for the gym, socks and shoes for walking, um, if I'm going down to the kitchen to feed them, if I get out their lick mats. The big One of the biggest things that is fairly new since the pandemic is the garage. The garage is now my gym. I actually canceled my gym membership and um, I work out in the gym now, in the garage, which I call the gym. And so they will come into the garage uh, occasionally, but if they hear my speaker, if I it makes a little sound when I turn it on, they will both come down immediately because they know typically they get to do something while I'm working out. I like when they hang out with me, but they need to be away from my weights. So they have learned they either get um, a bully stick or they get their balls to play with or I'll fill up the lick mats and they get to do that or they get to do something fun. So it has been learned through association that it is definitely worthwhile to come into the garage when I'm in the garage and they hear the speaker turn on because that means I'm working out. It doesn't mean I'm just going to get the laundry or switch it out or I'm running down into the garage to grab something and come out. It means that I'm hanging out and it means something good for them. If you consider all the things our dogs learn through association, it is really amazing because we are much slower on the draw to get associations than our dogs are. They realize things much faster than us. We can have the same thing happen day in, day out, and it could take us days to realize, to create this association, to realize that it's happening. And our dogs can learn through one or two occurrences and they create that association and they've got it. They truly are um, so intelligent that often the problems that arise are because we don't give them enough credit or we can't understand the association that has been created that we may have created without even realizing it. So association is a fascinating thing. And if you realize that that's how dogs learn the fastest, by association. Our dogs all know that it's someone knocking at the front door or ringing a doorbell means that there's someone coming into the house. It is really interesting. If you look at your day to day, you will see association at work in so many areas concerning your dog. Um, and when we see, when we take a look at a behavior that is undesirable, we can usually see where the association was created. And that's when we use, um, if we want to change the behavior, we use desensitization and counter conditioning, which is another podcast. But for now, if you just think about everything that your dog learns, whether, you know, these shoes mean we're going for a walk. These other shoes mean you're staying here and I'm going to the gym or I'm leaving and I will be back. 
Um, if we don't go for a walk in the morning, it probably means your friend is coming over to play. I know Elsa knows if she doesn't go for a walk and I start, you know, moving things around, preparing for her buddy to come over and play, she knows right away what's going on and she will stand at the door and wait for him to come. And I haven't even told her that he's coming yet. So, I mean, association is just a fascinating subject. And when you realize that that's how dogs are learning everything, it makes teaching our dogs, educating our dogs to live in our human world so much easier because we can understand what is happening then and not be bamboozled by our dogs so much. Um, so I hope you enjoy this. I hope you understand where association fits in your life with your dog and that you can use it to teach them and um, better understand your canine and perhaps your canine pack. So have a great day and I will talk to you later.